open course for the virgin sea. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Cleanup. That was Chris Sale's walk-up song, Sail Away by Styx. I think it's a little corny, but I'm all for it. I love it. What do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I looked up the song, um, I didn't even, like, put it together, like, come sail away. So that just clicked. And I'm kind of upset that I just realized that. You're joking, right? I'm I'm serious. Like, that that just popped. Like, it just clicked. (laughs) Okay, well, I apologize for my partner's idiocracy. That's quite impressive. Episode 15. (laughs) Episode 15, though. It is episode 15. But that is quite impressive because I thought when we looked it up, it was pretty general knowledge about what it meant. But that's okay. I'll let it slide for now. Anyway, so why it's spelled is... differently? Okay. Okay. Yes, it is spelled different differently. Sale. But why is Chris Sale the walk-up song today, Kyle? Because uh, he just do an immaculate inning, and he's back, and he's pitching well. And what is an immaculate inning for those who may not know? So an immaculate inning is when you have uh, nine pitches, obviously all strikes and three strikeouts for one inning. Yes, exactly. So that was just for listeners who may not know what an immaculate inning is. Um, How many has rare. been this year? Like so that's there's like three, right? That's the third this year. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think, I think that's the third. I think two are in the Yankees too. Yeah. Well, I think they had, the Yankees had two in the same week, which was made it even crazier. But uh, what's even more crazy about that is immaculate innings are about as rare as no-hitters are in terms of how many there's been in history. Mm-hmm. And we had three of them this year, along with the eight or nine, if you count Bumgarner's no-hitter as well. Been a wild year say, for pitching. I can say there's uh, no-hitters are more common now. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad for baseball, but I guess we'll figure it out. Uh, spider With Spider-Tack kind of leaving i mean i guess it's a good thing i don't know because like obviously the no hitters were like there was like seven before the spider tag stuff happened and there's been like two since so who knows what will happen next year yeah which is still impressive because we all expected a little bit of regression anyways because those no hitter numbers would not have continued like that was just too wild mm-hmm. there was no chance that that was gonna continue at that pace uh, talking about spider tack and, and in general, like some pitchers have definitely Didn't seen. Did someone an get popped? Uh, yes, trouble. actually. Do you know who it was? Your all star pick for the Diamondbacks. Oh, it was Caleb Smith. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not former, the goat. Former Miami Marlin, who he traded for Starling Marte, just got popped, and he appealed it. But they did not accept his appeal, and so he is now serving his ten game suspension. That's tough. Um, not my goat, Caleb. My favorite pitcher. Well, somebody who has shown serious issues since the spider sack rules have been put in play. Do you remember James Karinchak from Cleveland Indians? Yeah. His uh, I remember the, I don't remember his face, but I know the name. He was one of the best relief pitchers in the American League these past couple years since he came up. And he had a swinging strike percentage of about 40%, like a strikeout percentage of like 40% before the All-Star break. And now it is at 11%, well below league average. Mm, It's kind of telling. Yes, it is extremely telling. And all his spin rate numbers are really down. So while some guys are still able to pitch without it, i.e. DeGrom, 
Woodruff, Burns, those guys. Obviously, some guys relied on it a little bit too much. Yeah, I will say, because we did give Garrett Cole some crap. Uh, he's definitely he's kind of figured it out since. A little bit of an adjustment, but he's he's at least uh, – and I would, I would consider him still an ace pitcher at this I, moment. I would still consider him an ace, and I am – yes, I am impressed with how well he's been still, but I would not say that he's as good as his contract is. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, like, he was, like, the number one fantasy um, pitcher, I'm pretty sure, up until, like, that stuff happened anyway. I mean, yeah, and he got injured, what, of course. Or he got COVID list. He was on the COVID list, so that actually hurt him too. But well, you know what's crazy is that Degrom is still in the top ten in most fantasy projections, and he hasn't pitched in well over a month and a half now. Yeah, which I mean, we bring us some injury news. So, like, pretty sure they're gonna shut down Degrom. So they shut him down partially, but what happened was initially they were concerned that they might just shut him down for the rest of the year which how the Mets are right now, they might as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's been throwing sure. again today. He got moved from the 10-day IL to the 60-day IL, but he started throwing again today, and the doctors said that he felt good and it looked good and there was no structural damage. So good news for Mets fans. They said he might be able to make some spot starts at the end of September, early October, and I think that's a little bit too positive for Mets fans because that implies they have to make the playoffs first. Yeah, it's just it's that's maybe we could talk about that a little bit in a second. But the Mets, man, what a what what a classic mess they are every year. Yeah, like you said, we'll get to the Mets in a second. It is quite embarrassing yeah. to watch get the to, Mets implode. Yeah. It's embarrassing for them, but just and it makes me feel a little bit better inside. Yeah, and another injury news just happened about uh, less than a couple hours ago from right now. Reese Hoskins just went on uh, season-ending surgery. Just that season-ending yeah, surgery. Yeah, d- abdominal. abdominal. Yeah, on yeah. his abdominal muscles. So that's a big that's a big injury for the Phillies who were clawing for a wild card spot and for the division really still. And Harper's been fairly well, but they need somebody else to pick it up out there. Yeah, they. Re- that kind of stinks because I think um, Eflin's hurt too, right? He's been, or he's at least been hurt for a while. Yeah, he's been out for a little while, I'm pretty sure. And Zach Wheeler was the first of 200Ks the other night. Cy Young? Question mark? I don't know. There's so much Cy Young talent in the NL um, right now. Yeah, it's a good pitching. It's a good pitching uh, conference. Um, but also, it looks like Buster Posey um, might be coming back soon. Yeah, I guess he had like some knee discomfort, which obviously, you know, being a long-term catcher makes sense. Uh, forgot about Evan Longoria. He's still gonna come back, which is crazy because, like, even if Evan Longoria off the bench for this Giants team, like during the playoffs with his like just his veteran experience itself is gonna be so valuable. Well, he may not even come off the bench because they can always move Chris Bryant to the outfield if necessary. Oh, they definitely will. I can see yeah. that, yeah. Because Brandon Belt has been splitting time in the outfield because Levante Wade Jr. What we were just talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, has also been playing a little first base. And, of course, Posey, they've been trying to save his legs. So he's been at first, too. So it's interesting. Yeah, They, they have a lot of pliability out there. Gabe Kapler definitely has a lot of different lineups he can run out there, which is awesome. I guess this is also – because there's always, like, little, um, like, little like, injury news that goes under the radar. 
that. I guess Tristan McKenzie went in the IL too, and he's been pitching really well. So that kind of sucks. I did not even hear about that, and because he had another solid start two days ago, following yeah, up he almost his had a game he game. had a perfect game. Yeah, he had a perfect game yeah. going. Um, oh, okay, so it's out of precaution. So he said that he didn't uh, bounce back like as quickly or didn't feel as good as uh, he usually does after his last outing. So they just threw him on the IL because I mean they're not really competing right now. So it just it makes sense. Should no, he's a young arm. guy. Yeah. Maybe What's really interesting about about McKenzie is he had always been one of the top pitching prospects in the Indians organization. So when he first came up and was really struggling as bad as he was, I think everybody was a little surprised. He had the six ERA before his perfect game bid. And like I said, these last two outings, I don't really think they're a fluke so much as I think it's more so he's getting comfortable and fighting his rhythm. Yeah, I, I would like to see him. It seems like uh, the Indians just know how to develop pitching. At least, well, they also or have, have good luck. They also have Kyle Quantrell, Quantrell too, who's coming up. They yeah, he's, acquired him from the Padres in yeah, the he's Brad been playing Hand well. Trade. He's been really good. And that's another thing with we were talking about the Indians developing pitching. The Giants have developed very – like they've taken guys who have had careers that have been very mediocre so far and like gotten the best out of them. Like yeah. Del Scafani has been really good so far. Kevin Gosman was was pretty good at the start of the year. Has he's kind of fell off a little bit here lately. And oh, another, oh go ahead. And we definitely uh, missed something really important though. But I'll 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 say something. You're gonna be mad when I say this, but go ahead. Well, the other thing too is the Giants have another guy named Logan Webb, who just flew under the radar all year and and has been really solid for them as well. So their pitching has been has been fairly decent. But what what were you gonna say? We definitely uh, should have had Miggy as our walk-up song. Uh, he had hit 500 home runs. Okay, to be fair, <laughs> you're the one who suggested Chris Sale. And that's I, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's – but so don't, don't you could have told me. No, no, no. Yes. It's, it's both of our faults. Um, but, yeah, fair. Miguel oh. Cabrera, 500 home runs. I only I love took Miggy. Him, only took him two weeks, and the Tigers probably had the most fans yeah. they've ever had in the stadium. <laughs> I'm happy for him though. I mean, then he like hit his 500 and first home run like a couple days later. But, yeah. Like yeah, he was he was talking about how like that pressure was getting. To, I mean, everyone was coming to the game and they. You're right. They don't go to the the Tiger Tigers Stadium. Games. Yeah. And everyone was going, so he's like, like I have to hit a home run. Like I have to give what the people want. Because I that, saw that must kind of suck, and it must be like such a like relief to finally hit it. Yeah, because I saw a ton of like big baseball personalities on Twitter and YouTube going to Tigers games and wherever the Tigers were playing to see his home run. And I don't think any of mm. them were there when he finally actually hit it, <laughs> which, which sucks. But, you know, Miguel Cabrera can talk about pressure all he wants, but for how long his career has been, I feel like at this point, you know, I, I feel like it, it should have been a little less pressure than, than what else has been happening. Yeah. Which like going into this year, I was like, Miggy shouldn't even be on our roster uh, just because I thought, like, he was completely washed. But I'm glad to see that he's not. Like, he has a little bit left in the tank. Is it? Is he Is he actually, like, great by any means? No. But is he, like – like, I would say he's, like, borderline good, a good hitter still. Batting, like, two – he's, like, almost 250, 14 home runs. Like, he, imagine if he was on, like, an actual competitive team. Like, that would be – he'd be pretty he'd, valuable. He'd be playing the same role Pujols is right now for the Dodgers. But better. Yeah, but hit, I don't know. Pools has been fairly good against the Dodgers this year, which is surprising. But yeah, a quick thing about Miguel Cabrera: uh, we had some retirement news this week. 
Yadier Molina came out and said he was retiring after the 2022 season. Uh, and Miguel Cabrera also said that he would just like to play out the remainder of his contract and be done, which I'm pretty sure is also at the end of the 2022 season. Uh, so we could be losing a couple of big names in baseball history, a couple of future oh, Hall of Famers. Darn. Uh, Yachty's gone. That sucks. I'm so uh, sad. Yeah, I know you're so, you're so terribly sad. Uh, but yes, but Miggy, I think Miggy saying that he wants to play out the rest of his contract, whether it be two or three years, I don't know how the Tigers are going to work around that because he's making $30 million and the Tigers are starting to turn around their ball club a little bit. And if he's still on the roster in another year from yeah. now, it's going to be tough to justify him getting I th- at bats. I think, they, I think they're going to ride him out then just because it's Miggy. They could. I mean, if anything, he's like you said, he's – Definitely doesn't hurt to have a guy like him coming off the bench. So, yeah. Um, I just think what if uh, what if Miggy and Yachty retire before Albert Pujols, and Pujols' wife came out at the beginning of the year saying like he's done after this year, and then he ends up playing like five more years. I just I don't know who would sign Pujols after this or who would pick him up because. I, I think he's gonna be petty. Like he's gonna be like, "No, I'm not coming home. Like my wife wants me there. I'm not. I'm not there. I, I'm playing baseball." I mean, I, I respect Pools. You know, he's obviously one of the greats, one of the best to ever play the game. But man, it's just, I don't. I think he thinks he's a little better than he is still. No, he he could only play with the like the Dodgers is like the only environment he could play in. Yeah, it, it'd be maybe tough. it'd be tough to justify him somewhere else. Maybe like the Astros off the bench too, like like that like a team, you know what I mean? Like that has plenty of good hitting, and maybe like throw him in every once in a while, so he's like no pressure of hitting. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, I'd be curious to see what happens. Maybe he does retire. I I could see Pools being a guy who doesn't want a big retirement tour, so I understand. I mean, he is like fifty. Probably doesn't want to be around. You know how old people get? Want to be around other people? I mean, of course, he's not just fifty. You know, he's. He's like fifty-two because he's like two or three years older than he told oh, yeah. everybody. <laughs> exactly, it's fifty-two. Um, all right, so I have a que- I have a question. What's up? What is what is more wild? That the Giants are eighty-two and forty-four, and I believe that yep, that's the best record in baseball. Or that the Blue Jays have a plus one thirteen run differential. I think. It's definitely more wild that the Giants are the best record in baseball. The Blue Jays, I understand, which is I'm so confused about how the Blue Jays, and I understand it's a tough division, but I don't get how they they haven't been a little more competitive at the top of the standings, especially as of late. Yeah, they they have a good group of pitchers. Robbie Ray leads the AL in strikeouts. They have Hinjin Ryu. They have Jose Barrios. They have Alec Manoa. I mean, when you they have good pitching. They have Pobachet, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Kevin Hernandez, Yeah, Hernandez is having a year. I mean, Springer's been uh, – I think Springer got hurt, and I think we, he's coming back. We didn't even get to but... Springer, but Marcus Simeon just hit his 31st oh, home yeah. run. Like Simeon's having a career year, yeah. Like, how are they not in the playoff, like, bubble? Like, how are they not – Yeah. The... This is why I don't understand the Rays. <laughs> What is the race have Brett Phillips going out there getting regular at bats and they're at winning the division? Yeah, that's great. Like, remember when Kevin Cash was hired and it's like he's young, I don't really know, but like he's he has been one hell of a manager. And also like they just always have 
been have like if they have a really good like farm system always like they don't develop talent they just don't have money to keep it if like if tampa was in a bigger market like would would you think they'd be like like they could become like the dodgers in a sense no, i was gonna say tampa in a bigger market is the dodgers yeah like like they they tampa and la which is our, like i mean they both made the world series last year so that kind of makes sense they both have the best like system in general like front office like everything combined well, everybody they bring up, whether they're a top prospect or not, is productive. Every single person they bring yeah. up is productive in some way. The, the Dodgers had a guy this year named Zach McKinley. I don't even know if you've heard of him. He was really, mm-hmm. really solid when the Dodgers were going through all those injuries. I had never really heard of him, and he was I, – I don't get it. I do not understand. And talking about the Rays not spending money, there's actually been talk about the new CBA – runs out here soon it's either this year or next year they're talking about introducing a salary floor so where teams have to spend a specific Ooh. amount of money and they also probably just spend it dumb like like they probably just give like like one of their guys like more money and not actually go for free agents yeah and well it's also to create a more competitive environment because the orioles are on track to be the worst team in history over four consecutive years they are about to be the first team ever to lose over 105 games in four straight years. That's crazy. Four straight full they, seasons, I should say, because they 2020 didn't have that many games. It's great. And like the Blue Jays, like that. Imagine like a, a fourth place team having plus one thirteen differential. That's crazy. I mean, like stick that, that stick that team in the AL Central. They're probably winning the division. Oh yeah, that's just I the mean, truth of it. And the white and no White Sox slander because they, I mean, they do have a higher run differential. So I don't know if they would, I don't know if they would be leading the division, but they they would have the wild card spot. You'd have to ask the question though, because the Blue Jays have to play against the Red Sox, Yankees, and Rays on a regular basis, while the White Sox are playing against the Tigers, Royals, Indians, and Twins. Only one of those yeah. teams has a five hundred record, being the Indians. They just have the the O's. I mean, yeah, the, every, every single one of them beats up on the O's. But if you put the Blue Jays in the Central, let's put it this way. You flip the two teams in the divisions, I think the White Sox do worse in the AL East than the Blue Jays do in the oh, yeah. AL Central. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could see the Blue Jays. I could see, All right, maybe yeah, maybe the White Sox have the wild card spot, the second wild card spot, and Blue Jays have a division. I think it'd be uh, close, though. We would, I mean, I'm not saying it would be like that big of a difference. I just think the Blue Jays roster yeah. is built better. It's just tough luck with the I draw. also, and I, and I mean, it's been pretty clear. Like, I I don't really like uh, La Russa. Um, so, I mean, I don't, and I've also seen other people that don't necessarily think he's been that great. Like, like the, the White Sox are loaded. Like, they are, like, their their bullpen is now disgusting <laughs> with uh, with the, even the, I guess even a trio if you count Tapera, but that's just me being biased. But, like, the, the duo in the back with Kimbrel and Hendricks is ridiculous. Um, once Kimbrel fig- like kind of gets more comfortable, I think he just got his first save today with them. But you know what they should do? Like on the same like topic, like they should make Kimbrel the the closer. He does just he does better in that role. Well, that's like, funny. they should make him the closer, and then Hendricks be like more like the give him one two innings like in the postseason type deal. It's funny you say that because Hendricks has blown about six or seven saves this year, if not more than that at this point. But mm-hmm. I saw another interesting stat, you know, all about stats, like seeing these random stats. Analytics. Kimbrel, Kim, Craig Kimbrell in eighth inning this year has an ERA over five. But in the ninth inning this year, he has an ERA under one. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's crazy is like the, like he he was like I don't think he was over one, he was like point six something before, when he got traded. So just all year on the Cubs, like he just they only threw him out in the ninth inning. So like all of this eighth inning stuff was literally just from like the small sample of the White Sox. Yeah, which is basically, you know, when the two guys aren't performing to their expectation, you have to switch something up. And I'm not yeah. saying that the White Sox should be worried because they don't really have anything to worry about because no, they, probably, time. they probably won't end up with the best record in the ML, in the AL because I think either the Astros or the Rays or even the Yankees will finish ahead of them. Yeah, right now they're, they have the fourth best record yeah. in the AL. So I don't think they should be so much worried about that. They should be more worried about kind of experimenting a little more and seeing what sticks because the Indians aren't going to catch them. They'll be fine. It's just they have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, it's a cool little race, too, looking at the standings. is uh, the AL wildcard spot between the A's, the Red Sox, and the Mariners. I mean, I cannot believe the Mariners are still there. I and the Yankees, but yeah. The, the Mariners still being in, in contention there. Well, I would like to think that the Yankees, unless they get ice cold again, will probably take that first wildcard spot. And then the the Red Sox just imploding after the the All Star break was was quite interesting. Yeah, they're like I would say they're like the Mets, but you can't compare them that bad because the Mets literally are under five hundred now. Mets, um, yeah, and like so the Yankees have the they're on eleven win eleven game win streak, but they played the Braves. Um, I guess they they just swept the Braves, I guess. Uh, but they, when they first came together, they both were on a nine game win streak. And it's, like, the first time that's happened since, like, 1903 or something like that, which is such a, like, a weird, obscure stat. I mean, it is. I remember seeing that, and then I was happy that the Yankees took the series, but, I mean, it really it didn't really change up too much in the National League East because, like, the Phillies suck, the Mets suck, the Nationals suck, yeah. the Marlins suck, they all suck, so... Yeah, let's talk, about the, let's talk about our Mets. Uh, man. Can we look at – have you seen their home road split? Have you looked at that at all? Let's see. That uh, is something that right. needs to be talked about. It is atrocious. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are bad when they're away. Yes. They are well over 500 at home. They're 36 and 25. But in away games, they are 25 and 40. That is terrible. You cannot let that happen. Um. Yeah, the Cubs have a better uh, away record. Actually, the Cubs, never mind them. No, they don't. I was gonna say, and the Cubs lost thirteen games in a row twice. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Shout out Frank Schwindel, batting like three twenty three now. He's the new Ortega. <laughs> I was gonna say I saw. I was gonna tell you I didn't recognize his name, but the top. Uh, it's like war added or top war players of the month in, like, August for rookies. Frank Schwindel yeah, was Schwindel's been, yeah, yeah, Schwindel's been playing really well since they called him up. Franco was um, first, Schwindel was second, and then Brian De La Cruz was third. Ooh, that's your guy. Yeah, I like, um, I like De La Cruz. I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's also 29 years old, so I don't really know how excited I should get. But, I mean, I think the way I'm looking at it, because I know you don't, I'm not really putting my full faith into them trying to rebuild, but at the same time, I could see them wanting to at least sign a couple people because 
the ticket prices right now are like 10 bucks because of obviously what the products on the field and since they're building Wrigleyville, you know they're going to want to at least put a better product on there so they can sell tickets. So I don't know if they're going to try to build a contender right now, but I can see them signing a few key pieces so they're not, like, complete. Like, they're not going to, like, be as bad, obviously, as right now. They're, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be somewhat, maybe, like, close to 500 if they, well, if, if they do what I think they're going to do. Oh, with an but, organization as, as large as the Cubs, you have to put something on the field for people to want to come and see. Like, you just don't have much of a yeah. choice. Trevor Story said he would uh he'd open up he'd open up his ears he would listen if the Cubs are interested so well that's cool. Trevor Story is probably gonna listen to anybody who pays him well after performing terrible not terribly but well under expectations this year. Yeah, sure. In Colorado, he's he's got. I mean, he's not by Trevor Story standards. He's not having a good season. He's got 15 homers, 17 stolen bases. He's hitting like 250, 216. He doesn't get on base a whole lot more than that. So for a guy who plays all of his home games in Colorado, and sure you can make the argument that you know he doesn't have much protection there or, or whatever, but Nolan Arenado played on bad Rockies teams for a long time and was still very productive. So yeah. I expect a little more out of Story, and you, you would definitely expect a little more of him being a free agent this upcoming year. But which I can't it, believe he wasn't traded. That makes no sense. So. I don't. I do not understand. But that. The Colorado Rockies, you know, people talk about like the Marlins and and the Pirates and Orioles. I don't know, the Orioles might be one of the worst run teams in baseball, if not the worst run team in baseball. But hey, the, they're on a two game win streak. Well, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> but um, the when you look at the Rockies, the way they've managed their players, they traded away Nolan Arenado, a guy who said who they just signed a like basically a lifetime extension to the year before they traded away their franchise cornerstone when there was no reason to trade them away. The players they got in return were not much of anything. And I'm not dogging the players. It's just for who Nolan, who the type of player Nolan Arenado was in Colorado, the players they received was not a whole lot of anything. And then you go through and you, you're obviously not making the attempt to compete this year. You have one mm-hmm. of the best shortstops in baseball and Trevor story. And you're, you're not even close to anything at the deadline. And instead of, of trading him away when you know – everybody knows teams offered you, you sit on him just – sorry, just to lose him in free agency. It's so it's so infuriating. Yeah, it's I don't understand. Bad. Like even the Marlins, when, when – I'm not saying we were super competitive before the deadline, but we were – I think we were two or three games under 500 before before the trade deadline. We at least made an attempt to extend Starling Marte, and we, we tried to negotiate with him. But when our when our ideas didn't meet, we said, okay, obviously an expiring contract. We're not really going to compete this year. Let's get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's playing great on the athletics, but that is literally all you can do is you have to get rid of these players when, when they're not going to return. Yeah, I don't know. It, just doesn't make, it's, it, it boggles my mind. It makes no sense. It's it's so infuriating. I'm glad I'm not a Rockies fan. You know, at least the Marlins have a couple World Series, but so, hey, at least me me and Rockies fans have something in common. At least we have a good stadium. I one day I hope to go to Coors Fields. I do. Yeah, I, love Coors. I, I want to go to Coors so bad. It looks so cool. Like I I've literally I've seen it from the outside. I just couldn't get in because it was like not MLB season. But like I could I could peek through like um 
the center, like the center, not center field, like the home plate, like gate. And you can see all the way to center field and you can just see like the trees and all that. And I'm like, it looks so cool. I, I, it would be nice to, to go to cores and stuff, but you know. Yeah, you get into a fight with the Padres, man. I mean, no, talk no. about the Padres, you know, they have every right to be mad right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, let's wrap it up with some, uh, some NL West, the best division, or at least in NL. Best I mean, uh, NL. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> I say, yeah, that NL West and AL East are like by far the best. The only teams. reason you could probably say, I think the NL West, I mean, obviously they have the two best records in baseball there. The yeah, American League there's East, four good teams. Yeah, I was going to say the American League East is probably the most competitive, if we're being honest, because they have all, they have four teams above 500, but the NL West is a crazy division to watch. And the Padres, I think they've won two out of their last 13 or something similar to that. Yeah. Like they've gone on great. a crazy bad skid. They did, uh, they did have a crazy game last night, though. 16 innings, which is unheard of during this new like extra extra inning rule. Yes, and I'm so happy Manfred has, has mentioned that he's he's trying to get rid of that rule next year. I'm so incredibly happy. We need let's get that out of here. Let's throw that away. I don't mind it for um I don't, I don't mind it during the regular season. During the playoffs, I would I don't want it. Let's see, you can say that, but then when you get to the playoffs, if you're gonna if you're gonna play yeah, one way the entire changes. year, yeah, you have to you have to let him play out the whole season like that. All right, if you had to get rid of one thing, would you get rid of seven inning double headers or the extra inning rule? I would get rid of the extra inning rule, honestly. I, I know it's a little weird. Personally, I haven't had that much of an issue with the seven inning double headers of other people as other people have because it's a long day at the ballpark to play two nine inning games. You know, one and nine inning yeah. game guys are gas. I'm not saying I, I'd like it. Like I'm not saying I'm all for it. I'm just saying it's not as bad to me as it is to other people. I think they should maybe maybe like in like fine print maybe like say once you get to like the last week of the regular season like it like it'd be really weird if it was like a double like double header which maybe they would like try to it'd be really rare if it happened but can you imagine a double header to like to like determine like who was going to the playoffs or not if it's seven innings it just feel weird but but that's what I mean it's it doesn't it doesn't feel right but it's not something where it it's a long day like it is and it's you know, especially it's good the, for yeah for fans too. Like you're trying to get um you're trying to speed up the game a little bit too. I get yeah. It. So I don't I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm kind of irrelevant about it. If they changed it back, I wouldn't be like super upset about it. So I mean yeah. Um, but Padres need to get their crap together. The Padres. I mean, Padres are like you know your secondary team. So. <sighs> That's my secondary NL team, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Tatis has been has been fairly solid since he's come back. Is he your is he your MVP right now? I would say so, yeah. Um, and it's crazy too because he has like a like a shoulder injury, so they moved him like permanently in the outfield for the, at least the rest of this season. I mean, honestly, he's not um he's good at shortstop. He's athletic. I think his errors are a little misleading because he gets to more balls than a lot of shortstops do. So I'll give him that. But at the same time, when you have somebody else who can play gold glove defense at shortstop, I don't really mind the move to the outfield. Honestly, that's why him, um, him and Javi have a lot of a lot of errors started off because they just yeah they they're like their range is ridiculous. Yeah, so that's that's why I don't necessarily have a problem with like the people who are like on the error train. I'm just like guys, you have to understand. 
his athleticism allows to make plays that a lot of other shortstops can't. Yeah. So he's going to have more issues sometimes. So. Oh, yeah, and speaking of Javi, that that swing, <laughs> that swing and miss was brutal. I'm sorry, Kyle, but Javi is just no, no, no play discipline whatsoever. I mean, he, he, I saw a stat the other day. His OPS over his last like two full seasons is below 800, which is not good. I mean, it's just it's... you can't justify him wanting a contract. No, yeah, I, like... I, don't, I don't, I don't. Like if the more I think about it, the more I'm happy they didn't pay him. But like he's just so fun to watch. So like I honestly, it's not my money, so I wouldn't care. Like it's just him watching him is fun. At least he had, which I he had fun with the Cubs. But he's gonna he's gonna be requesting a lot of money this offseason, and I can't. I as a if I was a general manager, I could not justify giving him the money. When realistically, he's had he had his MVP caliber season, and he had like a couple like good like All Star level seasons before that, but. I personally would would not be able to do it. Yeah, the MVP season uh, when he was second MVP, that was a that was a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it was fun to see Javi playing good, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it was scary though. Like when Tatis like um had his shoulder injuries, like the one the second one when he slid in the third, that one was super scary. Like can you can you imagine like if you're like like if you're like a Padres fan, like diehard, like to see like to see him like like shoulder pop out once in a while like that would scare the crap out of me yeah and we talked about this even at the start of the season the the whole question about Tatis since he's even been in the league has been can he stay healthy if he already has that issues he's super young you know this will be his first maybe they should just keep him in the outfield I would I honestly you keep a guy like him in the outfield that's fine you know but a lot of these young guys too as they get older they start to understand to take care of their bodies a little more like when Harper first came in the league, he was running all over the place, slamming on the walls. He's always getting hurt over something. And as he kind of got older, he's Slipping kind of, on the bag. Yeah, well, as he's got older, he's kind of <laughs> uh, understood how to take care of himself a little better than, than before. Yeah, so I mean, that just comes with experience. So hopefully, he figures it out. I hope he does. He's good for, like I said, he's good for baseball. Like the Yankees being good is good for baseball. So, yeah, unfortunately. as much as I am not um, a Yankees fan. And we did kind of gloss over the the AL West. Um, Angels. Are, I don't even want to talk about the AL West because the Angels pissed me off. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot. Um, I, I did tell you. I haven't told the podcast. The Blue Jays is now my uh, my second team. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer for the Rays. Um, just as a Florida, like I I, I, cheer, I cheer for the the Rays and the Marlins as a Florida guy. Not really. Like I wouldn't say I'm a fan. But like I pay attention and know what happens and like root for them, but the the Blue Jays and the Cubs are gonna be my team. obviously the Cubs number one and then my Blue Jays are gonna be my AL team, which is a great right. time to invest in them. If I had to pick on like pick any any teams to root for the rest of the year, I'd probably cheer for that if they make the playoffs. Obviously, I would, I would like the Rays to win. That's the only team I'd really like to cheer for right now, avidly. Um. And if the athletics I, make the playoffs, definitely I need I like to go to a game a too. Yeah, which I mean, I'm yeah, sure they is too. Cheap. I like the athletics a lot, and I hope I hope they make it. So I will be cheering for them as well. Yeah, I'm definitely. I just want to go to at least one game in September when I whenever I can. I want to see a wander as a rookie. It'd be cool, especially if he pans out to be like as good as people think he could be. Like, I mean, to see him as a rookie is a good memory. 
the thing about Wander that is that should be so comforting for race fans is that statistically, like his his like I like I numbers, eye catching numbers aren't crazy. Like his average isn't super high, his home runs aren't super high, his stolen mm-hmm. bases aren't super high. But just the overall consistency and I would say like maturity for his approach at the plate. Is what would yeah. be something I would be so happy with if I was a Rays fan. Like this guy say, is. I, I would take that. I would take that over anything right now for yeah. a rookie season. Like that'd be exactly what I would want. He does not look overmatched. He looks comfortable. Like I would. I would be very, very content if I was a Rays fan with with Wander Franco right now. Yeah. Damn. So shout out Rays, but um, but yeah, uh, and also the AL, the AL West, the Astros, probably gonna be uh. If I was a betting man, I'd probably put my money in the Astros, even though I want the race to get there. Uh, the Astros are just a hitting machine. Um, also, Justin Verlander might come back in the pen in the postseason, which I'd be yeah, Well, this might be this might be the the last time we see a lot of those uh, Astros guys together because Carlos Correa had had mentioned earlier in the season, as earlier I mean like a couple weeks ago, that he would not be returning to the Astros after this season. Wow. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, I have to. I'll send it to you. But yeah, I saw. He He's probably was... just done with the whole stigma. He wants to, like George, like like. Do you even like put it two together, like two and two together that George Springer was like a cheater? Like now he's on the Blue Jays. It's like he's on the Blue Jays now. Like you know, like who cares? Well, the problem that I had in general was that I was already borderline fan. Like I liked Altuve before. I think most people did. Like there was no reason not to like Altuve. I think yeah, the fact that he won like the, short. Yeah, well, I think the fact that he won the MVP over Judge that year, and me being somebody who was pulling for Altuve to win the MVP, and he took that away from from Judge when they were cheating that year. That yeah. was what made me kind of salty towards Altuve. You know, Correa is somebody that I was was never really crazy about. Like I liked him, but I was never crazy about him. And then like Springer, I was a big Springer fan before all that happened because you know he, he has a stutter i, I right? love brakeman well well springer has the stutter problem and he's very uncomfortable talking but he has like a foundation for all these yeah. kids and everything and he seemed like a genuinely good person and when when he started getting hammered with questions about all the accusations with the astros he, he looked like he looked so like he looked like a sad child like a guilty child and i was just like I don't know. I I personally don't hate Springer as much as I hate the rest of them, but it still sucks. Yeah, if Altuve, yeah, and we talked about this before, but if they would just came out on it and like at least took some ownership, that would have gone a long way. Yeah, that's that's the thing too. Like as you said, like none of them came out and were like, "I'm sorry." Like you could have just said, "I'm sorry," and it would have made it so much better than than what they have created. Yeah, like like we get it. You don't want to snitch. You don't have to give us details. We could be like, like, I, yeah, I. I played a part in this, and I'm sorry. Like, you know, that's all I'm really gonna talk about. And that that'd be at least good enough. That would be better than what they did, and it's just, yeah, it's so so aggravating, so so aggravating. But on that note, before we talk about them too much, I think we will talk to y'all sometime soon. It was a fairly good episode. I'm glad y'all could join yeah. and listen to us. And and uh, shout out, say shout out the manners too. Let's not forget them. Yeah, shout out to Mariners because if they sneak in the playoffs, that would be wild. But we're still working out the transitioning of the podcast. We're trying to figure some things out. And you know, I hope you all are, are there to join us. So on that note, yeah, come sail away.
Come sail away, come sail away with me. Come sail away.